and Tyler McComas. This is Gabriel, and touchdown, Oklahoma. That's the freshman, Barnes. Now Gray straight ahead, touchdown, Oklahoma. They do love those direct snap plays. Derek Gray takes it in, two drives, and two trips to the end zone for the Sooners. Gabriel going deep, left sideline, and caught with a catch! Yeah, that's, that's not Drake Stoops. That's Gavin Freeman, who's a true freshman, started to play some more snaps. He may be playing more after that catch. The fans started to do the Stoops thing. That's not Drake. Little direct snap. Barnes, touchdown, Oklahoma. Kansas throw, and what a play. And was that intercepted? It was. Oh, my goodness. C.J. Colden with one of the plays of the year. And off a huge, monstrous hold. There he goes to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! And I think the final score undersells how well the Sooners played. Victory! All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. All I can say is, it's about time. And they stay there, and they stay there, and they stay there. Oh, it is about time. Some great plays there on that highlight reel. That interception was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, and we talk about guys that make their first big play all the time and how it can really kind of speed things up in terms of their progression. And OU's looking for some guys um, in the defensive backfield that's ready to step up and make big plays. Might that be the moment for C.J. Colden that we see him start to play uh, better football moving forward after that play on Saturday? You make a play like that, there's just a different level of confidence that comes from it. We've seen that from guys previously. There's no doubt. I think Colden has really started to to show up and and produce. Um, Robert Spears Jennings has looked really good on the in the back end at times. Like to see him getting a, a bigger share of the snaps than he's had previously. Um, it was nice to see Key Lawrence have what what may have been his best game. Definitely no one of his better games since he's been here. Um, yeah, I, I thought. But all in all, uh, there's some some good positive things. Like I said, you know, there's plenty defensively that was not good. But everything considered, I I saw more signs of growth against Kansas than I had over the last three weeks. It felt like it was all, you know, going backwards. Um, But saw some growth and saw – some communication and identifying things out there, uh, you know, that were happening in live action. Kansas throws a lot of weird stuff at you, and thought our guys adjusted to it all pretty good. From this point on, you know, like pre-snap stuff is not going to be anywhere near what we've seen, like we saw against Texas in, in Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor. A lot of those teams way more static offensively. Than, than what we've seen the last couple of weeks, and I think that's something that may bode well for the defense. Yeah, um, I get Iowa State's the the next game, so I guess it's the one we got to talk about the most. But you know, we we've grown accustomed to know what they're going to do defensively, right? They're going to 
rush three, drop eight like they probably had in the past. But, man, the kryptonite to that is the way that this offensive line is getting a push up front and how well they're running the football. And we've been waiting on Eric Gray to be the guy that, all right, the O-line blocks it up well, but he's got to be the one in space to make that first guy miss, and then it's on. And that's what he is right now. Just that sudden twitch that he has, that first move that he makes, I haven't seen him with that type of I haven't seen him with that type of twitch since he's gotten here. And that's starting right. to happen over the course of the past three to four weeks. He is a he looks like one of the better backs of the Big Twelve, man. And statistically he is. Yeah. Yep. He you know, a lot of those plays, whenever you you are going against a, a run defense, a gap sound defense, it's on the running back to to make the unblocked player miss and We've done a good job blocking it up, creating that alley, and there it is. It's one-on-one with with he and the unblocked player, and time after time after time, he is making that guy not just – not is he only breaking the tackle, but a lot of times he's leaving him totally hugging air, yeah, which is. is incredible. It's just uh, – it's, it's crazy to have this outlook of the offense compared to exactly a week ago. Like we all knew a week ago, well, this offense is going to be better with Gabriel, but, I'm, geez, how much better? I mean, he struggled in the first two quarters that he played against TCU. This is an offense where your skill players have really emerged. Mims is still a dude. That hasn't changed. But Eric Gray's a lot better. Barnes is a lot better. Farouk continues to emerge. You've got some serious weapons on this offense, and this is an offense that can carry you to, to eight wins in the regular season, I feel like. Not to mention, you've got Willis too. what I believe to be the most high-level, consistent player across the board, um, not just production, but blocking, leadership, attitude, all of those things considered in Braden Willis. So, yeah, I, um, I still think that guy is just incredible, and Saturday – was just more yeah. of the same from him. I, uh, An unbelievable touchdown, a couple of incredible competitive catches, and, of course, several pancake blocks. I, I don't think that we're you know having the tone that everything is fixed. Obviously, that's not accurate, but I, I think it's fair to be not only much more optimistic today. Like I, I mean, it's it, night and day difference than last week, man. And, sure. and I think that – whoever was on the TV call on Saturday, that, that last uh, audio clip that we heard, I think that's accurate. 52-42, that final score does kind of undersell how OU played on Saturday. And it wasn't yeah. elite, and it wasn't you know just incredible on both sides, but they, I mean, they were up 21 going into the fourth quarter. They, they played better than that final score indicated, I think. Yeah, several opportunities to really blow that game open. Um you know the the really the middle section of that game was totally owned by Oklahoma. Outscored Kansas, I think, thirty-five fourteen. They they scored a couple of touchdowns late. One of them was on a really bad drive where, you know, they hit us on a big play and we were all discombobulated. Basically, handed them a free touchdown. I mean that stuff like that is disappointing. And I'm not, I don't mean to just totally gloss over those things. Those are still big problem areas of course but i don't know i i um i'm at least feeling more optimistic heading into the back half than i was uh just you know a couple days ago or a couple 
you know, before the before this week, obviously. Five eight zero says at this point, do we think DG comes back next year or moves on? Oh, I, I think he's back. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Yep, without a doubt. How well, much- I guess I can't say without a doubt. Um, I'd be very, very surprised if he was not. How much growth have we seen from the new defensive players, and how good can they become as the foundation of a good defense in the seasons ahead? Um, I'm curious as to what players they're talking about. I, I saw good things from, you know, we got a, young, a lot of young established starters out there right now. Uh, Downs, Stutzman, some of those guys. Bowman I when think he's healthy, seeing, still young. Bowman when he's healthy, still young. I think I thought Stutzman had maybe his best game yet, uh, as far as you know, seeing some things, attacking. He had some bad plays. Like, don't get me wrong, there were some bad plays out there, but still just a sophomore. But I think after this bye week, he's he's going to start to play his best football. Uh, so that's that's a good positive sign. And then some of the younger guys, like the freshman. Um, Robert Spears Jennings, I thought, looked really good at times. Um, again, our Mason Thomas is still our best pass rusher, so that's that looks good. Um, yeah, I think there's I think there's some good solid young players out there for sure. Uh, Peyton says, actually, I'll, I'll get back to Peyton. This one says from the 405. The national narrative is crazy. Texas is a few plays away from having the same record as OU, but everyone wants to say with Ewers they're a top five team. If everyone says with Quinn Ewers they're a top-five team, then they watched zero snaps of the game on Saturday against Iowa State. Because if you even go back and watch the highlights of the game against Iowa State, Texas offense was not great, and, buddy, were they fortunate. Iowa State throws a pick in the end zone to go up 14-0. The leading receiver in the Big 12 drops a for-sure touchdown late in the game to probably win it. Um, Fumble late. Hunter Upper Deckers fumbles it, but... Probably a targeting should have been issued. Texas was extremely fortunate to beat Iowa State at home on Saturday. They're not a top-five team with Quinn Ewers or without him. No chance. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't I didn't get to see any of that game, just kind of the highlights and stuff. And, you know, the one thing you can uh, – Iowa State, obviously, they're 0-4 in conference. But, you know, kind of like what I was saying, like, I feel feel positive about that game. But in no means is that a give me. Every one of the games that they've played, and they've played, <laughs> the start of their Big 12 schedule has been brutal. Um, 31-24, lost to Baylor. 14-11, lost to Kansas. Kansas State, 10-9, loss. Texas, 24-21, loss. And now with their next game, they've got Oklahoma. Uh, it's been It's been a really tough start to the conference for, for Iowa State, and they're right there in every single football game with an opportunity to win it. Peyton says, calling it now, Iowa State will be the defensive breakout game for these boys. Bad offense coming off a of bye week. We're ready to roll. So we've already said it, and we're going to continue to say it over the course of the next couple of weeks. It's a big couple of weeks, the bye week for the progression of this football team. How much better – I don't know. I don't want to say how much more can you get accomplished. That's tough to know. But how big is it going into this particular bye week that you had a win with a lot of positives compared to going into a bye week with four consecutive losses? Like, How much better could this bye week be now that they actually feel good about themselves for the first time in about a month? Yeah, well, 
frame of mind is always important, right? And when you're feeling good about things and you got a positive outlook, I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all, and ultimately does it or even should it affect the way that you play? Well, probably not, but fact of the matter is it does, and I think the guy's feeling good. Like, it's easier to rest whenever you're coming off of a win than it is coming off of a loss and you're feeling down, right, and filled with anxiety. So, yeah, I think I think definitely – it's going to have an impact on the bye week in a positive way for sure. Crypto Sooner says several potential blessings in, in disguise from the three horrible losses, and one of them is the good possibility of Dylan Gabriel coming back next year to continue to help young guys grow. It should be a long time before OU is this bad at backup quarterback. Boy, the feeling on Dylan Gabriel, all you needed was to see the backups at Texas and him to throw up 700 yards of offense, and now people are asking if he's – even going to be back next year. Things have shifted from the first half against TCU. Well, and, hey, rightfully so. Rightfully so. He he put together, I think, even though there were those three turnovers, I still think he put together uh, his best performance, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. Everything considered? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it helps. And, you know, I, I think, Having him involved in the running game is obviously a factor, and that helps a lot. Like not only did we have a not have a, a passing game with the backup quarterback situation, but we also didn't have a threat running the football with the backup quarterback situation. So, all in all, way better, and you could tell. Let's get to three more. DG had a great game. Great is in all caps, just in case you're wondering. That's from the nine one eight. Is this team more likely to come out of the bye week looking hot or looking flat? Uh, I, time will tell. It would be very disappointing if this team were to come out of the bye week looking flat. Like my expectation is that they look like a much better football team this week compared to the the game against Texas. My expectation is that they look like an even better team after the Kansas game. Like that's kind of the process of what they're trying to do this year. So that is my expectation. And my expectation, what they've let up, uh, they've had 40, given up forty points or more in four consecutive games. Is that right? I'll be yeah. very disappointed if Iowa State is around the 40-point mark uh, in Ames. You, you should be able to have some success defensively against those guys. Yeah. Well, considering that during uh, the last four games for Iowa State and the last four games for us, um, they haven't scored more than 24, but they also haven't given up very many either. Right? They Their defense is, is – Again, really, really solid uh, in, in not giving up points. And I don't have it right here in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're probably number one in the conference as a defense in, in scoring defense. Um, so they're number one in total defense. God, they're giving up 289 yards a game and 15 points a game. Yeah, they're number one in both. Uh, so Last one, go. will OSU beat Texas? Have you seen the line on this game? OSU Texas on Saturday? I have not. So it opened. Texas opened as a favorite. I think maybe. I see, a, yeah, you know what? I did see that. You, do you know what the line curve It's like Texas minus six and a half now. And everyone's like, Whoa, what? What is going on here? So they asked Gundy today at his press conference if Spencer Sanders is going to play 
and he said something to the effect of, oh, I, I'm not going to talk about injuries. I don't talk about injuries. So that's all we got. Yeah. So I. So what is the injury with him? Shoulder. But he played. Uh, he finished the game on Saturday and, and looked fine in that double overtime yeah. loss. I mean, I, I say yeah. look fine watching it on TV, but he was out there the entire time. He didn't look like he was – maybe he had a lot of pain, but I, I didn't see much. I, I don't even – I guess I tuned that out because – There were yeah, rumors before looked, the game that he might not play because of that injury, but he did play, and he played the whole game. And now Texas yeah. is a six-point favorite, and it's that's the only reason why that line would be that high or that Texas would even be favored in the game. Yeah, games I'll, in Stillwater. I'll take Oklahoma State. Um, so, yeah that that is that is a bit shocking, and I expect. Uh, I mean, I expect it to be a really really tight game, no doubt. But I'll take Oklahoma State. Just think that they're the more consistent football team, and um, that's that's shocking. I'll tell you know what's interesting about that game though. I didn't have the volume on. I was at a, a neighbor's house. Luckily, we had the dual TV set up, which was awesome, to watch uh, that game and the Alabama-Tennessee game at the same time. W- what were they saying? Why? I'm assuming it's his mom. Why was Spencer Sanders' mom on the television the entire football game? <laughs> his mom and his dad were. I don't know. I mean, he he played it. Did he play at Denton Geyer? Is that where he played? He played somewhere at Denton. So obviously Fort Worth's like right up the road, but I've got I, I have no clue why that was happening. Like I'm not crazy, right? You saw that too. Yeah, but you know how that like works. In between Sometimes every snap. it's just like there's this phenomenon like, oh, we've spotted the quarterback's mom in the crowd, so they have to pan to to him the entire time. Didn't know you had that in the in the College World Series this this past year. Who what player was it they kept panning towards his uh Parents, or maybe it was just his dad in the stands the entire game. I, I don't um, know. I, it felt like it was the OU men's college World Series run, though. Yeah. Who was the coach they kept panning to in the in the suite during that run? Whenever he was eating and stuff with his <laughs> wife, you remember that? Like I, nonstop, they're talking about I this think guy. It and was, he's up uh, there stuffing his face. It was uh, oh god, was it the L- Pulmonary, the retired LSU coach? I think maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it was one of the one of the. Former coaches uh, up there. That yeah. was pretty. David funny. Sandlin's dad. Thank you, text line. You always come through. That's what it was. I think it was Man. that situation. Someone next time that happens, someone please go out and bang on the producers, uh, the truck out there that has the producer in it to get off of the parents in the stands. Literally, nobody watching the football game gives a rip about the parents, right? Unless I'm missing something. I don't think you're missing something here. It was it was weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Let's hit a timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep it in the text line. 651-3439. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today. We'll be back. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. For those who bleed crimson and cream, this is for you. With more than nine OU Sports showcased, save big with the One Pass. The One Pass is your ticket to 80-plus Sooner Athletic events and access to exclusive experiences. The One Pass starts at just $50. Visit Soonersports.com slash One Pass for more information on how to experience.
The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of a reaction Monday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time for our Under the Radar Player over the weekend. This Under the Radar feature is sponsored by Boyd Street Ventures. They are investing in OU Innovation. It's a venture capital firm that funds and guides promising Sooner startups. For more information, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. That's BoydStreetVentures.com. Uh, you can go defense if you want to here with your under-the-radar player. I'll go with offense. Uh, I almost rolled with Theo Wees here. Four catches and a touchdown on Saturday. Good to see him back out there. I'm going to go with Drake Stoops, though, man. Career-high four catches for him, 43 yards. Two carries for 23 yards. In all, he had 66 total yards on six touches. I'll go Drake Stoops with my uh, under-the-radar player after having a uh, career-high for catches on Saturday. I believe it was a career-high at four. Yeah, that's not a bad one at all. I feel like every single time he touches the football, it results in a first down. Isn't that that how it feels with him at times? Um, Before I give you mine, how about um, an under-the-radar runner-up? Sure. How about Javante Barnes with two touchdowns? You know, and absolutely. And, yes, he probably shouldn't get that close to the quarterback – in a in a play where he's trying to throw the ball yeah. downfield, but he he looked legit, man. Couple of touchdowns. He he's starting to kind of look like the player that we thought he might be his freshman year. And he had a couple of really nice blitz pickups too, where he stepped up in the hole on some of their crossfire blitzes and stoned a, a linebacker. So uh, yeah, not bad. Not a bad day for Javante Barnes. I'll go with Deshaun White. He was second in the team. On t- with tackles, he had 12, um, or maybe he was third, I don't know. But uh, he also was a, an assist on a tackle for loss, had a really nice interception out there. Yeah, he did. He did a really good job as the spy player on some on some things, chasing down Jason Bean, who's incredibly fast, and forcing him to um, either throw it away on the run or uh, you know have to throw a really difficult pass. He looked really fast. He was effective on some blitzes coming off the edge as well. Thought Deshaun White played a really nice game. Yeah, the defense as a whole had had eight TFLs. That's that's yep. definitely nice to see. Needed. Their first sack, I think, since the Nebraska game. And Deshaun White was, uh, well, he finished tied for the, for, uh, he, tied. he and Huebu both had eight total tackles. Yeah. Yeah, He. I thought he... Uh, Thought he was was really good, kind of an under the radar type of performance from him. Was solid, uh, one of his better days. Yeah. All right, that's uh, your under the radar player by Boyd Street Ventures. Sooners empowering Sooners by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. For more information, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Jaleel Farouk emerging as your number two wide receiver, or is that Braden Willis? Uh, Drake's. I mean, who? Who is your number two guy outside of uh, Marvin Mims? Maybe it doesn't matter because they have so many options. I just think that, you know, Farouk's really starting to emerge here. Really like Farouk. Um, I don't – I honestly, I don't know who it is. And I think you're you're kind of right that it does – I think it kind of depends on the situation almost, doesn't it? Um, Drake Stoops is your number two on third down. All right, that's where they're going with the football. Uh Braden Willis is kind of your go-to on creative plays. Um, I think 
Jalil Farouk is starting to be a go-to on some of the shorter stuff to let him go after the catch. Um, Theo Weiss continues to be dangerous. That double, double move play was really, really nice. So, I, I honestly, and it's probably better this way, I think it's the pack, man. Yeah. I think all of those guys, like whenever you look at it, Willis had five catches, Weiss had four, Stoops had four, and Farouk had four. I think all of those guys right now are your number two, at least in some different type of situation. By the way, speaking of the offense, and I don't think it's any sort of a coincidence, but we've been waiting on it for uh, four games now, I guess. This offense has got to get off to a fast start. We saw what the offense looks like when they get off to a nice start. Look pretty good, huh? Yeah, it helps. And Dylan Gabriel was fantastic on that opening drive. He was throwing some laser beams. Yeah, it definitely – What's that? that's the first time since the first drive of the year they've started off with a touchdown, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and and had they gotten close outside of that one? Like, I don't feel like there's been a drive where they've gotten into the plus side of the field, like to the 30, and the drive just stalls out, and they, you know, maybe have missed a field goal after punting away. I, I don't feel like any of those other first drives have been great. I know the one at Nebraska wasn't. The one at Texas was not great. Was I was about to say TCU was the turnover. I was wondering if the one at Texas was was it close? No, they just, they picked up they, they picked up a first down. Davis Bevel actually completed a pass on like third and four because I remember yeah. saying like, "Oh my God, he whoa, he he picked up the first down." And then yeah, it three and out after that. I think they punted it away. Yeah, they 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 six plays, fifteen yards, and punted. It was their second drive. That was a 14-play drive Yeah, that they got close, got down inside the 10-yard line, and came out empty-handed, which I still say um, you get points out of that drive, then maybe the football game looks different. But ultimately, we I, we just would not have won that game not being able to throw the ball. Five, it's not going to happen. 572 area code. Am I a crazy person for thinking Freeman has the highest potential on the team? He's now known as Gavin Bleepin Freeman in my household. Uh, I highest potential? I don't know. I I, I don't want no to limit that. the kid at all, but I would I would probably say no on the highest potential. Um, but I he's it would not shock me. I, he's going to be a. He's going to be someone who want, like everyone wants to overlook forever, just because of his size, and you know that's how it's going to be. But that I'm I'm not going to be one that limits what he's going to be capable of. Who knows? I think he's fantastic. No, I I don't think you should limit his capability because he has big play capability, and the two biggest plays that we've seen from him thus far, which we've only seen like a, a handful of them at most, but. The, the, the touchdown he had against UTEP and then that play on Saturday, that was a legit catch on Saturday, man. And the only reason we're not talking about that a whole lot more is because uh, they had an even more impressive catch on the defensive side of the ball. If not for yeah. that, we're probably talking a whole lot more about Gavin Freeman's catch. That was full extension. That was a hell of a play. One of the best offensive plays I had all day long. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. It was fantastic. Um you know, I, he he just fits in really well with a good group of skill position guys that 
I'm happy about it. I'm happy with where they are as a group, skill position-wise, and there's also plenty to be excited sure. about with the young guys. Yeah. So hey, Two more real quick. The Peyton Lerner under-the-radar player of the week, he says is Anton Harrison. Dude is starting to play up to his NFL projection. What do you yep. think? He's been great. Uh, and he's playing banged up a little bit, and it almost looks like playing uh, injured has pissed him off because he's playing more physical than he has the entire season. Uh, he looks really, really good. I, I agree with that. Uh, someone said, Tyler, no, Drake Stoops had five catches. Didn't you miss that one where they yelled Stoops that Freeman got it? <laughs> fair point, fair point. Uh, one more. What was happening right before DG made that great opening drive? The fans were celebrating how great it was to have him back. Coincidence? Uh, yeah, possibly. Or I mean, no, possibly not coincidence. That was good. A little support goes a long way, I think. Also, uh, some people disagree with you. Sometimes it is nice to see the parents in the crowd, and some are pointing to A.J. McCarron's mom and uh, his fiance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, understood. Understood. Uh, all right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Teddy's eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, um, I think this is something to celebrate, Tyler. Uh -oh. uh, 247, and I don't know who puts this out. Maybe it's, you know, CBS Sports or something like that. I don't know. But the bowl projections are out, and Oklahoma is in the bowl projections. First responder bowl. Against Houston. How about that? First responder huh? bowl against Houston. Okay, I, I guess that was Let's the go. that was the one bowl projection uh article that I didn't see today. I saw everything from OU Wisconsin in oh gosh, it used to be the Insight Bowl. Whatever bowl's in Phoenix now. I even saw and, and dude, this is like the dream, man. This is the dream. I saw OU A and M in the Texas Bowl in Houston. Now, that would be a miserable experience for OU fans because of all the A&M fans that live in the Houston area and that would be there. But, God, what a way to cap off this season if you would, be able, if you would have the chance to beat those idiots a few days after Christmas. That's what I, that's what I want. That's what I want. A&M and uh, the Texas Bowl. Yeah, that's – It wouldn't be a great okay, win because like, they suck, but it, it would just be great to beat A&M. <sighs> No, I agree with that, but Nana might not get I don't six know. wins. I think that time of the year, I'm going to be. I'd, I'd be happy about going to Phoenix. I think that would be. <laughs> you prefer where Phoenix I want over to be. Houston? Yeah, I think yeah. most people are with you on that one. I think I'd rather. But they uh, are back in the bowl projections, and they're like all over the place. I think there's even yeah. one today. Uh, they're playing South Carolina in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, we had some awesome coaches meltdowns on Saturday, which I love. Uh, Nick Saban meltdown whenever one of his players tried to pick up that punt for some unknown reason. Uh, we had a Sonny Dykes meltdown over the substitution situation going on. Like, he was. Did, did you see that? Yeah, I, he, I, didn't, I didn't know he had that in him. Like, that surprised me. Like, he seems like, and I don't, never had a conversation or watched that many videos of him. I thought he was somewhat laid back. 
Um, oh, he's got a different side to him after I saw that. I thought he, I was worried he was going to have a stroke or a heart attack or something on the sideline. Uh, we had a, a Whittingham freak out, which if it was me, it would have been worse over the, the clock at the end of that game. And we had a Matt Campbell yes, uh, freak out, which is excellent. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to see those every now and then. Um, we got to talk about the Tennessee game. Do you, uh, should I, I guess this is where I have to offer my apology up, right? Is this it? For what? Well, I mean, oh, just not, yeah, I not just, believing in Hypel. Yeah, you've been trying to troll him all off season and, right. and throughout the year. Uh, here's yeah, my you, here, here's my official uh, on the air apology to you. So that's how we always apologize to each other, and I don't see why this would be any different. There you go. Yeah, I feel like uh, that's been played towards me. Uh, <laughs> for like the last 50 times it's happened. Um, no, but that was what a performance, what a game. Uh, got the benefit of a questionable pass interference call. I still haven't seen the pass interference that they're calling on that. It, that was uh, kind of a phantom. They handed Alabama a touchdown late in the game on a, on a bad exchange. Still were able to win that. The swing and emotions in that crowd That's in crazy, the fourth man. quarter – were just incredible, and I, even the final field goal to win it was like a Tim Wakefield knuckleball is what it looked like. Yeah, I, maybe it was partially blocked. I, I don't know, but just crazy. But the aftermath of that game and some of the videos out there, with whether it's throwing the goalpost into the river or all of the like, I don't know if that's real. Like the smoke coming out of the stadium from all the cigars. But that was just uh, an incredible scene. Trolled them by playing Dixieland Delights right as soon as the game is over. Um, and it, it's really cool. They're doing donations today to try to raise, I guess, $100,000 for the field storming and to replace the field goal posts and all that. Um, you can give $52.49, the final score of the game. You can give uh, $1,000. Uh, $19.15, you can give $16, which is the year uh, in between, like how long, it, how many years it was since they beat Alabama. Like they have some cool numbers to represent, like 101, uh, 915, that's, uh, that's how many people were in attendance, I, I believe, on Saturday. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's cool, man. It was, it was really cool. I, I guess I'm just, like Tennessee's really good. Is something yeah. wrong with Alabama, though? Because the Texas game, they had the most penalties in the Saban era, and then they did it again on Saturday, 17 for 130. And they lose to Tennessee. They barely beat A&M. Probably shouldn't even have beat Texas. Lose to A&M last year. Barely beat a bad LSU team last year. Like, you kind of get this thing. Like, Bama's been known over the years, when it's a big game, they're going to stomp someone. And they've kind of yeah. looked less than impressive here for a little bit of a, a, a while now, it feels like. Well, you know, one of the things about being on top for as long as they have been is everyone else is like just the human nature. And I know Saban is psycho, but the nature of things is just to like, it's just hard to keep everyone on edge for that long. Right. And you've got all these other teams that are constantly pressing, innovating, 
doing whatever they can to try and close the gap. And at some point, it's just hard to constantly fend everyone off every single week and, you know, give Tennessee credit. They've got a – he's like a fifth or six-year quarterback in Hendon Hooker, and that type of experience is, is hard to – you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to match. And they've just got a kind of a, a, a perfect storm brewing right there in Tennessee right now. And the energy they have behind the football team, the fact that it was there in Knoxville, it's – it was just one of those nights. It didn't like it felt like it going into it that this is going to be the time they finally get it done, and they did. Yeah, uh, USC lost on Saturday, and it was glorious. Yeah. That is now seven straight losses for USC against ranked teams, the longest in program history. Ah, really? So yeah. they haven't beat uh, in this run, that, and the back half of their season is is way more difficult than the the first half. They've got to play UCLA. I know Notre Dame has been struggling, but they've got Notre Dame on the schedule as well. So we'll see what happens. They do get to avoid Oregon, which is good. But yeah. Top ten matchup between UCLA and Oregon, by the way. We haven't talked about Oregon since they got blasted by Georgia in week one, and they've quietly uh, yep. built up some they wins good. here. Uh, last one I have, because this is all we have time for. Here is the uh, final call from the Tennessee radio broadcast. You give me a letter grade. This is the biggest one they've had. Okay. Since the national championship went over Florida State, you you give me a letter grade. What do you think? Um, I'll give it a B. Lacking. Did you record that off of your phone or something? <laughs> no, or that, that, was, that was in Steely's folder. It said Tennessee Radio Call, and it does. It sounds like uh, someone recorded off a TV, or they were in the booth, or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't. The audio quality is not great. Not sometimes it sounds like that. If you've got a glass, if you're like, if you don't have it open to where you can hear everything. Sometimes it sounds like that. Not great, but there's a lot happening right there. Um, just give me some energy, know. though, man. It's the biggest win you've had yeah. since 1998. Like, you've just beat Alabama. Let me hear it. Say it with your chest that you just beat Alabama. I don't know. Never to be made fun of again? Is that what they should oh have done? Or? A new power <laughs> emerged in north-central Oklahoma. Is that what has happened? <laughs> Never to be made fun of again. Ah. <sighs> If yeah, you don't get that well, reference, trust me. Uh, listen to the show long enough, you'll hear that audio clip It's at one point. Okay, before we hit a timeout, though, do you have anything else? No, that's all we have time for, honestly. Well, I, I, I'll do one more. So, watching Sunday Night Football last night, and you know how they do the starting lineups for both teams, and they say yeah. where they're from. Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts did not say the University of Oklahoma. Lane Johnson said his high school, and I think Jalen Hurts said his high school as well. Yeah. Big deal, or who cares? No, everyone uses that for a chance to shout out something a little bit different. 
Saw I mean, some of you fans but... were upset about it. I was just interested what the text line thought about that. Nah, no big deal. We all know where he's from. He loves it here. He's been here to talk to the players this offseason. Um, I don't think that's an issue at all. Hey, Georgia, Tennessee, one and two, or one and three right now, rather. Both undefeated, seven and zero for Georgia, six and zero for Tennessee. Who wins the East? Well, God, if if, if uh, Tennessee keeps having a wide receiver with five touchdowns a game, I might go with the Vols. Yeah, yeah. their offense is legit, Gonna... man. They do have about a thirty-four-year-old back there playing quarterback, which helps. But Hinton Hooker's legit, dude. He's a really good player. That game is in Athens, right? Coming yeah. up here in November, so. Going to be wild. That game is going to be incredible. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Air Coverage Solutions text line. Someone says, I was thinking of Teddy on the on that first drive. He said he wanted a 10-play drive, and it was exactly a 10-play drive. Did you see that during pregame or something? Uh, I think I said it right before the uh, – yeah, I said it in pregame. I'm trying to remember if that's what I said in, like, final thoughts before the game starts or – Nice call. Um, leading up to it. Yeah, that – you know, I think just to set you at ease, and, and how about that 18 play drive? I wish they would have been able to score a touchdown yeah. uh, to cap it off, but that was still awesome just running the football right at them. 580 says four man front made the difference. Yeah, they played four man front, which, uh, you know, stopping the run, the most critical thing against Kansas. Looked good. Penetration. It didn't start off good, but got defensive line got better. As the day wore on, they started to get to an edge a little bit more on, on some of those pass rushes. So, look good. I've been critical of Gabriel, but he finally had a good game. His passing was more under control and catchable. Even the interception was proof of that. I mean, you can argue that three of his turnovers, two of them weren't necessarily his fault. He had his best game yeah. as a Sooner, as did Eric Gray. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's, he's caught a lot of heat. Some of it justified, some of it not, but I think we can all agree that was a really nice performance, like 70% completion, 400 yards passing, also factored in in the running game, uh, had a rushing touchdown, like 30, 40 yards rushing as well. He was excellent. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush is up next. Stay with us.